Today I'm speaking to Magdalena, a friend who is escaping the tough Polish winter and enjoying the mild temperatures of Alicante for a few weeks. She's slowly making herself at home in Spain, which almost sounds dull when you realize that, as a tour guide, she has lived and worked in Matera, Morocco and Zanzibar. Even if she describes herself as a social butterfly, Magdalena is resilient and determined. She sure knows where she does not want to go and which languages are useful or not. You may also notice a different recording quality today and it's because we recorded that episode live. Enjoy! Hello and welcome. Today is going to be a bit special because instead of having someone on Zoom to interview, today I'm live with Magdalena. Welcome Magdalena. Can you say a few words about yourself? Uh, welcome, welcome. It's a pleasure to be your guest. Uh, my name is Magdalena. I'm from Poland and I'm traveling a little bit here and there. And I like to eat. I like to explore. I'm like social person. And this is one of the reasons we met with Thomas. Thank you, Magdalena. And can you please describe where you currently are, where and why there? Is it home? Is it for traveling? So I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting on your sofa because I'm in Alicante. Uh, it's um, just relaxing in a very cozy position, half lying because we had a very cool racket session today. So currently Alicante, somewhere in the center of the city, Spain. Are you here for vacation? Are you traveling for work here? No, uh, I'm very lucky to have a remote job uh, that allows me to travel with my laptop, but to the not very uh, expensive places as I work for a Polish company, I'm not gonna lie. And um, I just do what my salary allows me to, so I go for Spain where I can still leave some decent um, level, kind of. <laughs> so I'm here for just to work remotely. I basically work from my from my room, from my place. I live in the center of Alicante as well. And I'm here for the second time, just working remotely here, randomly ended up in this location. Great. And how is your Spanish now? Is it getting better? Yes, that's the point. I hope it's better. I'm forcing myself and my Spanish friends to talk to me in Spanish. And that's that's the key uh, idea, one of the biggest motivation to be here to, to improve the language, to improve the level. Yeah. I hope it's it's getting better every every day. I'm sure of that. Do you come from a family of big travelers? Do your parents travel a lot or or are you the first one in the family to go abroad and mm, No, it's a very difficult question. Um the way I'm traveling like I like to be in few places a little bit longer. They don't do that. They have kind of stable job and they cannot work remotely. But I would like saying that they are not travelers. They have something that this they have this curiosity of life and uh, exploring new new countries for instance my mom is now in indonesia so yeah actually this is a family of travelers and my father is in london but it's funny because he's not like uh, he's not that this kind of traveler he, it's his first flight since a long time but he's more like um mountain mountain area based he likes to travel but more locally when my mom do it more like tropically and I do something in between plus my own way because I just grab my laptop or in my previous jobs I was just like moving for longer yeah so yeah we're kind of traveler family but each of us in a different way I see ah sorry one curious fact my grandma 
Um, she passed away last year, but when she, in 1969, she went to Brazil from Poland by boat, which was a hardcore experience. So yeah, it can allow, it, it can give some answers to why I am like that. Plus one of my uncles went in 1962 or three to Argentina as a missionary. So, wow. Actually, I discovered that fact quite recently. So there is something in our blood that makes us be more adventurous Polish people than usual. Yeah, Polish people are all over the world, right? I mean, Aww. even even come on, even today, even today, just when we went to the beach and to seeing those volleyball players, half of the teams were from from Poland. No, I don't agree. I don't agree because, uh, yeah, like I don't know from my city. I know quite a lot of people, but. There is no one traveling like me. Maybe one person is not even my friend, like friend of the friend. But it's not so Polish to travel so much. And if traveling, then more women are traveling. So yeah, today at the beach room, we met two Polish guys, which was surprising still. But I wouldn't consider Polish people that much traveling. We, we are not used to that. My generation started to travel because my parents, they were not allowed to travel. Uh, in the past in history and uh, grandparents as well not mentioning the war situation so we don't have it in our uh, blood plus Poland used to be very very um, economically weak country it still struggles a bit so travels were not that affordable for us yeah so no I don't agree we're not so much spread around the world <laughs> all right we did <laughs> Uh, yeah, your your grandmother is very it's very impressive. Yeah, sixty in sixty nine she went to Brazil. That which reminds me something is that there is a kind of trade off between our generation because okay at that time it was quite difficult to travel. It was not that common. However, you could go on a plane basically with you, you could arrive fifteen minutes before the the takeoff. You could arrive with fifty baggages and you could get into the plane. Today you have to arrive three hours before. They search everything. You have to enter your passport and your details and where you're going and uh, everything. There's a kind of trade-off between a generation now. More bureaucracy, but in case of my grandma, it was not easy because it was the times when even going to Germany was not allowed. So I know that my grandma knew someone who knew someone, so she gets some special permission to go. So, you know, it was not easy. I mean, in terms of flights, it was no flights even at the time from Poland, I think. It was by boat, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's more bureaucracy nowadays. And with, when you want to go for like one hour flight or two hours flight, you spend more time at the airport doing all this yeah, legal bureau bureaucracy things like um, yeah, like you mentioned, plus control and so on. But still, it's uh, it's worth it, even waiting a million papers. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it, and also maybe uh, it's all to make us consume more at the airport. Consume more at the airport. Yes. Yeah, to buy more perfumes, more cigarettes, more uh, coffees, and more b gifts. Ah, doesn't make sense anymore. Now the prices are even more expensive at the airports. Um, yeah, I'm not this uh, typical con consumer at the airport. I basically just go there and fly. I'm not this kind of person who is like excited about duty free. And yeah, it's always painful for me that the coffee at the airport is like five euros or something. It's like, how cruel is that? At least coffee should be cheaper or something. So no, I, I'm, I'm this kind of person who's arriving always at the air, to the airport much earlier 
because I prefer to be too early and wait like some kind of loser many hours than be just one minute later too late. So, so yeah, I, I was really waiting many times in very boring situations, but better safe than sorry. I see. One question. Uh, you brought me from Poland Slopica? Soplica. Did you buy it at the airport? No. <laughs> Why did you buy it? I bought it in the shop by my house, nearby my house, yes. Thank you very much. I wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for this nice gift. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope you like it. What was your first travel? The one travel which opened your eyes about the world that still remember as your first big experience? Honestly, I have no idea. I know my first travel. I was like five years old and I was in Berlin with my parents. But I didn't, I, I think I didn't have this kind of enlightening moment like, oh, this is the moment. No, I, I, I remember that when I was 18 years old, something like that, I already understood that travel for traveling is not enough. That to travel, it's better to go somewhere to, to stay longer, like a few weeks or, or, or at least to have some favorite co coffee place already or to have some mm, lovely mm, pastry nearby. And I couldn't understand travel like in this regular form, like it's too short. And I remember that this time I had my boyfriend at studies and I asked him, how, oh, why don't we go for one month somewhere during the summer? Just, you know, let's have the backpack, let's work somewhere for the crappy money just to see how it's, I don't know, Greece or Italy or something. And he was like, no, no, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's a good idea. And I was, I remember I was shocked, like, how come, how not? But why is it only me thinking this way? And I remember that from that moment it started to yeah I started to search for some opportunities to to travel in a little bit longer format than than usually people do. So you are more a solo traveler when you travel. Mm, no, I mean yes and no. I was traveling quite a lot regarding my previous 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 job. I was a tour guide and representative. But before I was traveling like or to someone or with someone, but like I, in my opinion, the best company to travel with is one person. The, it's, it's really good. If you travel with your good friend, it's like the best case scenario. And I, I saw many weird situations when good friends were not getting, getting along during big trips because, you know, the more people you have on board, uh, the, the more complications you can have. I am quite easygoing, but sometimes people are not. So lesson learned after my one trip with five girls, all of them were all of them were fighting and I was in the middle and I literally wanted to escape. It was Milan. Oh my God, never again. So the best is one person or yeah, the one person. It's it's perfect. I was traveling in different combinations. I was traveling solo with my mother, with my friends, with my uh, boyfriend at that time. So uh, each each kind of the travel was good. I was traveling a lot like lonely single when I was uh, working and any form is is really nice yes and what was your favorite travel this is a very mean question and it's impossible to answer that my favorite travel oh my god I I, I, I would say I don't know but it's it's very bad uh, oh my god this year travel uh, maybe I really really liked Alicante travel Mm, but I was this year as well in Basque country in the north. I really appreciated that. 
when we speak about new places, one of the most shocking experiences for me was my three months in Zanzibar because it was yeah meaningful. Like I really felt this cultural shock, different weather, different time, different religion, everything was different. And I was having this surprised face like two weeks in a row, wondering so many things about like, I was like w w thinking all the time, like, where are those people going? Because there are like tons of people just walking through the streets, like along the streets, going somewhere and there are not even villages nearby. I was like, where are they going? Why are they going? With whom are they going? And I was like constantly surprised in Zanzibar. Yeah, it was very, it was very meaningful. And it was after this trip, I think that after this trip, I, it's hard to say. I remember that after being in Zanzibar, I stopped, I stopped to party in Poland, for instance, mm -hmm. because the joy I saw in Zanzibar, the, the, the easy, the easiness and pure joy of very basic things, it was kind of life changing. I think it was very hard for me to adjust, uh, being back from Zanzibar. And uh, one more thing about this place is that, you know, when you have many travels, many stories, when you close your eyes, they all seem to be a little bit blurred. You know, you have all these memories in a kind of the same shape, right? But when I think about Zanzibar, it's always different. It's more blue. It's more vivid. It's more light. It's it's it was very special for all the senses, all the like the flavors, smells. It was yeah, it was super intense and very, very, very good time. Interesting. And you said you were three months in Zanzibar, right? Yes. So at what point um, does the travel stops and the leaving begins? Because you have also been in Alicante quite a few months. So is it is it still traveling here or is it really you're you're starting to create a home here? It's something like I always say it's like trying to see the places, trying to live in the places. It's kind of traveling because when I'm here, I try to take as much opportunity of this of the stay as I can. I mean, as as soon as I arrived to Alicante last time, I already booked my flight to Basque Country to to see more, and I I visited all the places nearby uh, Alicante. So it's like exploring. I would say it's like um, deeper exploring of the places. It's like life and travel in the same moment I would say it's very hard to say actually because it feels like kind of living here but still yeah now it's different it's, I'm, I came back so it's not exploring like I did the first time but but it's it's nice and I still plan to go for some place some trips being here in, Ali, here in Alicante uh, having this uh, airport so 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 close and yeah I, I have this curiosity of the places what was your craziest and likeliest reason you had to travel? Oh, I remember when I was when I was working in this tour agency, tour company as a guide. I was working two summers, two contract, two summer contracts in Madeira Island. I really liked this place um, for many reasons. I was uh, starting to learn Portuguese as well, and it was quite obvious to me that I'm gonna go back there, but. In tourism, it's not that easy. You are not contracted where you want to be contracted. You are contracted to where they want to contract you. So in my case, even though it was the biggest company in Poland, I never, I, I never, I never knew like when I'm going to go 
where I'm gonna go and for how long I'm gonna go. And I remember, and my mom is still teasing me about it and she's like still bullying me. Oh, you remember how much you were crying where they, when they sent you to Morocco. So me waiting for my contract to Madeira and I received a contract to Morocco. I, I remember that I was literally crying three days in a row. I was crying and my mom is saying to me, oh, you remember how you were crying? Oh, I don't want to go to this dry and yellow Morocco. I remember I was like that and I didn't want it to go there. I was calling my bosses. I don't want to go to this dry Morocco. I want my Madeira and my cliffs and everything so green, blah, blah, blah. But okay, I went to this Morocco and it was one of the most amazing time of my life. It was like top three, the best time like bigger time time periods of my of my life it was amazing it was, it was fucking amazing and my mom until now it was like many years ago she's like i remember you're crying about how dry and hard how ginger yellow boring morocco is right yeah yeah i know she's like oh maybe would you like to take it back i am like, yeah mom yeah i'm taking it back it was really cool it was really cool and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be back there soon. It was amazing experience. Morocco is fantastic, and uh, yeah, I was ashamed of myself. Big girl crying three days. I did. Re- I was really crying about that. And then Madeira's after Morocco because I went back to Madeira once. Madeira f- seemed so boring after this Morocco time. Oh my god, so pathetically boring. Morocco was f- really fascinating in in any terms, in any shape. What drives you to a particular place? Uh, landscape, nature, people? What is the first uh, criteria you have when you when you look at a map and you want to travel? Nature, f- uh, folklore, exotic vibes. I'm not attracted to modern places. I used to like it, like them. Now I'm I changed. So for instance, I'm I, ne- I never wanted to go to Madrid. I'm very sorry for that. It's probably a little bit embarrassing. But I'm more into like um, natural pla- natural places, uh, landscapes, yeah, a little bit different, different culture. Um, now I'm like very much fascinated about going to ba- Balkan countries, Balk- Bal- Balkani, Balkan. I never know how to pronounce Balkans, it. Balkans, yeah. please, please cut it and cu- Balkans, <laughs> um, because I've never been there properly. I just I was just visiting Croatia twice, and that's it. But I want to explore more. So definitely not anymore that much for architecture. And if architecture, I, I like this like older older architecture, which really give you the ghost of the history and the spirit of the, of the old times. So modern cities, not really, not really. Mm-mm. You're not going to Dubai anytime soon. Oh no, I would like, I, I, very, I, I, I very don't want to go there. I remember I even I was applying twice once to to work as a, a stewardess in Fly Emirates, which is like second best in the world. And I remember that um, I was passing um, one step after another, like levels. And then I remember I looked at myself and at the other girls, and I I thought like I will not travel properly. They will just send me somewhere for one or two days. I will constantly deal with jet lag and I will be based in Dubai where the biggest attractions are like modern buildings and the, the worst option ever, like big markets, like big shopping center. 
I hate shopping centers. So when people are excited that oh, there is a shopping center where you can make some ski even, I'm like, I want to escape and die, you know? So I said to myself, no, 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 no more. No, no Dubai, no flight attendant. No, thank you. Bye. And I don't even have Dubai in my top 1000 places to see. No, no, not existing there. Mm -mm. Fine. No Dubai. Yeah, it was a little bit the speech of hate. I know it sounds very negative, but this is it. I don't like this uh, modern stuff. Maybe for one day. On the way to Australia or something. Yeah, yeah, like it would be nice, like a longer stop would be cool, yes. And how do you make um, interaction with people? Of course, people make the travels. Uh, interactions, it's a very difficult question. This time, this year, um, I discovered this meetup application, which I have, I had no idea about. It's like an application that shows you the events nearby. You choose what you want. You have the description, where, where to go, what to experience, um, the people. You can see who's gonna go there and so on and so forth. So this really made me, made me meet a few people. Um, before, it, was, it really depended. I met, when I was in Madeira, it was super lonely stay, even though I'm very social. I consider myself as a social butterfly, but Madeira was very weird, very, this is, it's, it's very interesting about, about the countries and each country has different, different vibe and different people, different society. I was using Tinder as well to meet people, how bad it sounds, but like really to, to when I was, I remember it started in, in, in Tenerife, I was in the north when it was like no people and I really wanted to meet some people and I remember that. I was like, oh, okay, I will open this weird application. And I met so many cool people in Tinder. Oh my God. But I always say it's, it's like a tool. It's up to you how you're going to use it. So all good experience. And of course, before Tinder, because I'm old school in terms of meeting people, uh, couch surfing, which was great uh, way to meet people, stay in some people's places and spend some time with them. But because in Tenerife, this couch surfing was like not existing, not active or very like slowly working it was like no people there kind of that's why i switched for tinder and of course like normal different events i go to the people i go to the places i try to chat i try to socialize and my key rule is to talk the language if you if you don't know the language at least say a few words but um, it's nice to show the respect for the local people no matter how shitty you are with the languages, uh, try try talking. Um, there are some people, expats living abroad many years in some countries and they don't even know how to pronounce properly the place where they're living. Like, oh, I live in Toro Vieja. Like, oh my God, I'm literally crying when I hear it. I'm a little bit um, strict in terms of uh, linguistic laziness of the people. And I don't understand how people can be so ignorant but it's really nice and it's really respectful uh if you go to the place and you see that you put some effort it's different it's 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 really open more door it's yeah it's it's very helpful yeah that reminds me as well last time i went to poland in krakow i went to some couch having events um and i met a lot of digital nomads who had spent a couple of years in krakow and who couldn't speak any polish okay let's be honest polish is not the best idea to to, to learn okay uh, but let's and I, I when people say okay now i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite because when people tell me that they're learning polish i'm like but man why why it's useless 
just put some effort in different language. I mean, of course, it's nice, like respectful, but if you're gonna, I don't know, live here, you have a wife in Poland or, or family, it makes sense. But just for this basic stuff, Polish is important. But I, of course, I, it's, I, I think Polish is like one of the 10 most difficult languages in the world. So I really would understand and accept ignorance in terms of uh, Polish when Spanish, for instance, is one of the easiest languages to learn in terms of basics, like like this very first steps. It's easy. And um, yeah, this is more about expats living in Portugal or, or, in, or, or Spain, not knowing like a, like a word. However, I have to disagree because I lived in Czech Republic and even if Czech is not that uh, common and useful, it opened me the doors to many other uh, Slavic language mm -hmm. because you know there's so many um, common points between Czech and uh, Polish and with uh, also ex-Yugoslavia countries. Mm -hmm. It helped me a lot when I was traveling to uh, to Croatia or to Bulgaria as well because I could read some. I could decipher some words and some sentences and I was very proud of myself. So yeah, it's very localized, uh, all the Slavic languages, but uh, sometimes it can be useful. Uh, if you would use Czech language in Poland, people will cry laughing because I don't know if you are aware that Polish sounds ridiculous for Czech and Czech sounds super ridiculous for Polish and we have so many jokes about that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, Thomas, that it helps you. But to be honest, uh, when I hear Russian, Ukrainian, Czech or Slovakian, I cannot understand it. It's like some people say, yeah, yeah, there are similar languages, but maybe I'm somehow limited, but I really don't understand these languages. And I need to like close my eyes and like focus myself like fully and maybe understand like 20%. But it's not so not so obvious plus Czech language is super funny because <laughs> it's very difficult to explain to someone who is not Polish the ridiculousness of the of the Czech language so it's it sounds for the Polish people that Czech language is some kind of combination of the most ridiculous synonyms of the Polish words and it sounds very 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 funny very funny and uh, we like to listen to Czech people. And this it's really never-ending fun, you know? And sometimes, how is in Czech this, this? Oh my God, ha, 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 this is so funny. Really, 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 um, really ridiculous language for us. Great. So after Dubai, you make fun of uh, Czech, Czech Republic now? Yes. Uh, very yes. good. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I like to I like to tease a little bit. I like to make some fun. Um, I make fun of my own country as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm just... Uh, just my ideas about uh, some places. All right, let's find some other country to offend. Um, <laughs> how much do you prepare before a trip? How much um, space do you let for improvisation? In terms of packing my bag, I'm I'm very very qualified. I would say it's like around one and a half hour. Plus, of course, I think about what I'm gonna take with me before, to because I'm more like this. I I always try to travel like the person who's gonna change the place and live there. I'm a woman. I like to dress well, so I don't only take the you know the mountain shoes and backpack, and you know sausages, 
to you know go to explore another continent no no I, I like to have my things I like to to dress well to feel good mm, so I usually pack myself for the 10 kilo luggage only it's very short it's very small luggage for a woman for one month now I came to Alicante with the 10 kilo luggage for two months and uh, because I try to be a minimalistic person, I try to be, the, yeah, the minimalist. I avoid uh, buying uh, useless clutter. Um, and I can't carry heavy stuff because I had some hernia from the sport and I need to be more, I can't carry, and this is maybe an excuse, but it's good because 10 kilo I, 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 I took with me. And I have so many things there. I don't know, I'm, it feels like it's like some Pandora box. I have like million dresses, three pairs of shoes, jacket, this and that, like a lot of stuff and just a, just a kilo. When my another grandma, not the Brazilian grandma, the grandma, another one, <laughs> the Eva, she, she, she's so funny because when she's visiting me, it's just the city, a hundred kilometers. She's packing her luggage one month before and she always so anxious about packing. And I'm like, oh my God, like granny, you don't go to the... Siberia we have shops if you will meet need something we can buy blah 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 but she's like oh I'm so stressed I'm already planning what to take to your city and like no 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 and then when she's hearing the way I am packing my stuff she is like anxious just from the fact of listening of how fast and how you know skilled I am in as skilled I have experience more or less yes mm. Mm. is there something which is always in your luggage when traveling uh, something which you can do without and saved your life, something like this? My thyroid pills, <laughs> which I should have with me. Um, you, oh, your toothbrush, always. And a small toothpaste as a key thing. Mm -hmm. A bottle of water. Uh, even though I'm not thirsty, I need to have it to feel, you know, mental comfort. Um, probably headphones. Yeah, more or less. Of course, phone, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, it would be nice to be more analog. But yeah, more more or less like, yeah, like this. It always feel like, no, 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 I don't need any. And the charger, of course, I don't know, no need anything. But some, yeah, some like mascara, some girly stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. It's true. It is what it is. Yes. Es lo que hay. Sorry, it was my Spanish Tourette syndrome. So you were mentioning a meetup and you're also mentioning Couchsurfing. Did you use Couchsurfing for only for traveling or did you host people as well? I couldn't host people in my place place as I was working and living in a hotel. I was like not allowed to host people and I even wouldn't lie because it was my my hotel was like my office, my house, my bedroom and everything. But I was offering my company. So I was showing around to many people in Madeira. I was like literally picking them up from the airport or some places and I was showing them around the island, which I think was cool. We were hiking together, having picnics, some events. It was very nice. And this was the only way to, to do that. And um, I, it was very nice. I met uh, really cool people like that in Madeira. What skills or energy have travels brought into your life? Did you learn something on the way when, during your travels? Did you learn, study something? First of all, I learned a lot about culture and history of many places because it was my... I had to, I was obliged to do that and it was great. 
I was guiding, not only like representative, I was guiding uh, in Zanzibar, Morocco, Madeira. I really loved that. And I learned languages. I would say that I improved my English. Um, I learned Portuguese and improved my Spanish. Yeah, I was, I, every travel is learning a lot of things. It's a very big topic. I think that, yes, we are learning a lot of stuff, even from the living in a place when not willing, not, not wanting, like not willingly, um, sin querer, como mm. sin querer in English? Without willing? Yeah. See, without, if, even if without willing to meet the culture and the place, if you just live in the place, you see, you know, the new cuisine, different mm. dishes. Mm -hmm. This is the, the process of learning as well. Um, and yesterday I was, I was uh, learning to dance salsa, for instance. I was always wanted to, to go, but I, I asked you, Thomas, uh, are you going with me? And you said, no, I was very disappointed. Why didn't you want to dance salsa with me? I tried so many times salsa and I discovered it was really not worth uh, my time. Why? I don't know. I just a rhythm which, which doesn't suit me. Which rhythm suits you then? Sorry, I, I'm very curious. I tried tango uh, in Granada. Delta tango. <laughs> I tried tango in Granada, and that was more uh, to my taste or to my abilities. Okay, then I assume that you are more dramatic, Thomas. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, and let's not forget that also your beach racket game is improving enormously in Alicante. Oh, you're very vulgar. Beach rackets. Beach rackets. I'm sorry. Beach racket. I know, yeah, I know. Your beach racket. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, my beach rackets are, are amazing. And uh, this is one of the best things in the world, I think, in terms of like a beach life. This is uh, good for the body and good for the brain and good for the eyes. We are we were really a badasses today at the beach. We really rocked this. Yeah, people were taking pictures of us and videos of us. Ah, yeah, th this is true. Today the guy was filming us. It was a bit creepy. Little bit. Yeah, but uh, we are very, very. It's very pro. I think it's it's, it's great. It's it's a great um, way to spend free time. Maybe just to explain what are the beach rackets. It's something like paddleboard, but for the children who are bored at the beach. So you just literally have two plastic rackets and like the the worst ball like even the people who have the dogs they have better balls for their dogs than for this game and you just ping pong ping pong that's it no net no nothing just playing and it's so cool it's like socializing it's so much fun and it's a little bit addictive really cool but you're not the type to to stay on the beach without doing nothing and just uh, tanning right I used to, and I still don't understand how could I do that. I remember when I was living a little bit in Barcelona, I remember I was eating pipas, this sunflower seeds, and I was like eating pipas and chilling on the beach. And it's even funnier because pipa is a very bad word in Polish. Mm -hmm. So speaking that, you know, I was eating pipa, it's, it's very bad, which was making the situation even more ridiculous. Just, uh, I like this language curiosity, so uh, Polish people will know what is the joke about. <laughs> Trust me, it's bad. <laughs> All right. So next, you're going to Morocco. Well, that's one of your travel for this year. And apart from Morocco, apart from Madeira, what is your dream destination? There is no place like that. I don't have a list. 
I am really a big fan of Europe and it's like the world seems to be so fascinating there are so many places I would love to see I would love to see Latin America but this is so huge I wouldn't know when to start I should have to quit my job to see it properly or I don't know it's um it's very overwhelming in a good way in a bad way as well um of course I would love to see Indonesia and uh, here and there but but I just wouldn't like to go for the typical travel like to, to for a few days so I don't know I really like Europe and um for instance, uh, I would love to see Northern Lights in in uh, Scandinavia or in Ireland. I would like to go to Azores, to Azores, Azores, yes, Azores Islands, uh, to make some hiking, to explore some island city, uh, island uh, island life, to to see the diversity of the islands. Um, I would really like to go as well to uh, to the Balkans. I mentioned I'm really curious about that. Faroe Islands. I like these weird places as well, uh, not so much explored. I like cities and places out of the touristic season. This is so much to see, oh my god. But for instance, there it's easier for me to say which places I'm not interested about to go. Like, I'm not dreaming about going to United States. Um, I know this is one of the biggest dreams of many people, but for me it was never um, like it was never my dream. I'm more into, I would say, more authentic places. I'm sorry for the mm -hmm. Americans that can feel offended, but the, for instance, the history of uh, different places, it's it's more it's more interesting for me. It's more it's m more authentic. It's yeah. It, I I would feel I would feel this way. Maybe I don't know if it's proper that I'm feeling. I I sound like a um, travel hater um, but it's just to say that it's not only where I want to go I just have a few places excluded for now like Dubai right you already established that and uh, United States not really like now is it because we are saturated by American culture all the time on TV show TV series movies it's like we, we know the place just by watching all of this by watching Netflix and uh, it feels like it would be just redundant Honestly, I think that um, another places have so much more to offer in terms of the history. I know that the beauty and the nature in America is, is stunning, but it's the same problem with me in America. It's like the, the size of it, the, the number of states and the diversified... Oh, oh my God. Diversification. Diversification of this continent is... Uh, mind-blowing and I wouldn't know where to start surely not New York because it's too modern right we yeah, already know really something more old school uh, but no 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 I don't I don't know I'm I was never um, ex I was never excited about uh, America American culture no no okay. not really even though I have family in, in United States um, I never even felt like I, I'm, I'm I was never fascinated about it I'm more fascinated about Arabic countries about, uh, yeah, something like that. Mm. We are arriving at the end of our interview. Oh, do, you have, do you have anything to add? Something about traveling, something uh, you would like to, to say? Mm, if I have anything to say, mm, I think that no, any money, like you, we should never regret 
even one cent spent on money uh, spent on traveling money spent on traveling it's it's the best investment so never postpone your plans for later because we never know what's going to happen we live in very uncertain times we should we should really appreciate the world and i always say that we owe the god um to see the world he created we really owe it to him to see how beautiful the world is how amazing people are how different cultures we are living in we should appreciate how fortunate we are as a in my case as a european people even though i'm from poland i complain sometimes about polish situation but traveling is op- eye opening is like jaw jo- dropping so travel explore meet people eat and fall in love make amazing stories uh, make many pictures don't bring souvenirs just pictures and uh, never postpone this for later and just it makes you feel more alive thank you very yes, much i see thomas that the tear is rolling down on your face i'm tearing up right now yes yes i know i know yes me too very much <laughs> thank you very much magdalena uh, that was really great and um, yeah see you on the beach uh, to to play some racket game yeah and maybe maybe one day in salsa or tango delta tango delta tango well we have to find a meetup event about that yes surely let's let's do that or in different country you never know you never know all right ah, last questions oh please oh uh, yeah yeah do you have for the bees <laughs> yes if you have any friend or acquaintance you would like to nominate for this interview who, oh. who would oh that be oh my god oh my god this is so difficult this is so difficult do i need to answer now wait maybe it would be asma i don't know if she will agree for the meeting for the interview because um she's not uh, as easy as me like yeah i can talk hours you know she deserves more care so you must be very nice to her so she can agree for the interview but it can be very interesting she's one of the m- most impressive women i met who is she can you describe her she's the smart uh very very funny and very adorable moroccan woman uh very smart very independent very reliable and uh, very inspiring after hearing this i'm sure she will agree yeah i think so but make sure that you will prepare her a very nice uh, moroccan tea all right thank you very much magdalena thank you very much thank you very much muchas gracias how do you say in polish dziękuweczka mordeczko no it was a slang but dzięki dziękuję 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 is very like formal dziękuję dziękuję bardzo Thank you very much Magdalena for her answers and her time. I hope you liked it. Feel free to share, comment, follow and see you in the next episode.